Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. I am Rob Sanders, your host. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Lots of great stuff we're going to get into today. I've got comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney previewing the Louisville game. Also got some comments from Coach Will Muschamp previewing the Florida game. But we're going to kick it off right. I just finished up an interview about 20 minutes ago with Ben Troop, the former uh, Florida tight end that played uh, for Coach Spurrier. And obviously, this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. Four-year starter in the SEC. Played a little bit in the pros as well. Um, but Ben Troop joins us here on the rundown this afternoon as uh, we preview Florida. What do we really know about Florida? Let's talk to somebody who actually played there and is actually covering the Gators as of right now. So here's Ben Troop from earlier this afternoon. Let's head out to the hotline. We'll learn a little bit about the Florida Gators. Let's welcome in former Gator, Ben Troop. Ben, thanks for joining us today on the show, man. I appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the big matchup this weekend with South Carolina and Florida. But I'll tell you what, let's, uh, I wanted to get your perspective first. Being someone that, uh, that played in the SEC, how shocked were you that the Gamecocks went into Georgia and picked up that win over the weekend? It, it it was shocking, but at the same time, I mean, you, if you understand Will Muschamp and how you know how uh, how he coaches, it was almost it's almost to be expected when you look at the fact that there was a team that knew coming in, we got to stop the run, like we got to make Georgia one dimensional. Now, obviously, they didn't perceive they started quarterback going down. You have to go string guy that's never took a snap at quarterback form, but I just think man, it just shows the resiliency of a team that gets tired of hearing about. Every other team other than them. You hear about Georgia this, Georgia that. So I just, I mean, my head goes off to them. I'll never, ever, you know, look past anybody. But when you look at the fact that people get so caught up in the four-star, five-star, number one recruiting ranking, Will Muschamp say, listen, man, give me 11 guys on offense, defense, special team that believe in the game plan, and we can play with anybody. And I tell you what, I mean, it was it was a huge win for South Carolina. Now, when you played at Florida, can you tell us about your trips into into Georgia and, and how those worked out for you? Man, the thing about the thing about Georgia is, man, Georgia is a team that, uh, you know, it's always going to be around Bunch's Bunch. I mean, I, I, had, I was there with the, the Mark Rick era. And, you know, I was there with the David Greens and the DJ Shockleys and the David Pollocks of the world. I mean, I still have nightmares about that dude who, you know, you just couldn't block him. But Georgia's always going to give you their best. I mean, the thing about the state of Georgia, they're the biggest brand in the state. You know, just like in the state of South Carolina, Clemson and South Carolina are the two biggest brands in the state. Take nothing away from, you know, Carolina, which, you know, Carolina Panthers, which represents, you know, uh, both, you know all the Carolinas. But I just think we, this Georgia team, man, they never, ever lack talent. They never, ever lack, you know, uh, you know playmakers on all, you know, on all three phases of the, uh, you know, of the game. But I just think that when you will must champ, who came up in the SEC, who understands how to win in the SEC, it's, it's not surprising, man. Georgia, to me, is, you know, they're always going to be preseason, 
number three, number four, man. But it's always something about that South Carolina Georgia rivalry, even even that Florida uh, Georgia rivalry, man, that brings out the best in each other. Now, we'll talk a little bit about the Gators. The Gators came up short on the road at LSU, uh, losing by a couple of touchdowns. But you watched that game. It seemed like LSU was kind of on their heels. I mean, the Gators went toe-to-toe with them. And even though it was a two-touchdown win, it still felt like the teams were somewhat even. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, it's a hats off to Coach Ogeron and Joe Burrow and what that offense is doing right now. But when you look at Kyle Trask, a guy that hasn't started a football game, you know, I, I think since middle school, it's been a backup, even in high school, and waited his time. To go into Death Valley and win is hard. I don't care who you are. I don't care, you know, what team you own. It's hard to win in Death Valley, especially at night. But I was very, very impressed with Kyle Trask. Very, very impressed with a, with a Florida defense that was down Zaniga, that was down uh, John Bernard. But, uh, Man, hats off to LSU, man. I mean, they one of the best teams in the country right now. Coach Joe, a lot of people, you know, kind of like frowned upon that hire when they when they kind of made him when he went from the interim to the head coach. But yeah, man, LSU is a big time school. Always proud of my Gators, man. Showed a lot of fight. Kyle Pitts, a tight end. You know, he's going to be a big time player down the road, man. But it was a great game. The fourteen points didn't talk about how good the game was. I think I just read something that said it had six point four million viewers. So for all those people. I did who talk about, man, these guys are amateurs. You don't – 6.4 million people ain't sitting around their TV screen at night trying to watch the Rams play no football. <laughs> that, that's definitely true on that. And uh, we, we can definitely talk about that in just a little bit. But heading into this South Carolina matchup, the ninth-ranked team in the country comes into Williams-Brice. Do you think Dan Bullen's going to be able to keep his guys at a high-octane set, meaning you were way, way up for LSU, but next week you got to play Georgia? I mean, this has all the makings of the, the quote, trap game. Do you think that's that's viable? It, it, it could be, but I think Dan Muller, man, he respects everybody they play. I mean, the most important game is the current game that's up. And when you look at South Carolina, they show <laughs> how dangerous of a team they could be, but not. Nah. Um, Dan Mullen understands that everything is still in front of those guys. South Carolina deserves the respect, not just of Florida, but the nation, man, when you look at what they're capable of doing. Ernest Jones, I mean, people ain't talking about him enough and what he's doing for that South Carolina defense. You look at the young man that had three picks against Farm last week. We're going to have to put the ball in there. We're going to have to be, uh, you know, a very, very balanced. But South Carolina is a hard place to play, too. I played there two years, you know, um, when I was at Florida, man. That's not an easy place to go in there and win. And the thing is, this South Carolina team is coming in with a lot of confidence. I mean, let's face it, outside of Columbia, not too many people had them picked to beat Georgia, and they're walking, they walking out of there with a W. So I think right now, even though they had South Carolina as the hardest schedule in the nation coming into this year, I mean, when you talk about who they have to, Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, and the list goes on and on, Dan Muller's going to have those guys ready to play. They, they was up for LSU last week, but they respect South Carolina, man, because South Carolina has given Florida some fits. I think the last time Florida played there a couple of years ago, they, uh, Florida lost to South Carolina. So, Florida, I mean, South Carolina's up in this series. We'll see what happens on Saturday. All right, so you mentioned uh, talking a little bit about Trask at quarterback, but the Gators run basically a two-quarterback set. Do you think that's good for an offense over the long term? I, I think I think as long as long as uh, as long as it doesn't mess up the rhythm of the offense and of the team, I think it's fine. Emory Jones is the guy that you're going to have to try to get some snaps, and I think the reason why Dan Mullen is doing it is people forget the fact that you know Kyle Trask is coming in from a sprained MCL against Auburn, so it's not like he's coming in 100. percent You don't want to have to pull him off the bench just in case a guy you know gets hurt. I think having that two quarterback system and not just having Emory Jones come in and run the ball, actually let him get into a rhythm, man. I mean, run the ball when it's there, throw the ball depending on. 
what the defense gives you. I trust what Dan Mullen does. And plus, I mean, this is a guy that won, you know, uh, with Dak Prescott and Mississippi State, man. Whatever, I trust whatever this guy does on offense. Well, speaking of the offense, one of the, the leading receivers is uh, the, the, the tight end, Pitts. I mean, he's kind of a, a hybrid tight end as a guy that can block but can also go down the field and catch the ball and he's developed a chemistry uh, with both quarterbacks I mean uh, tell us a little bit about his development and what you've seen as the season has gone on Kyle Pitts, big-time uh, big talent, a uh, five-star recruit, I think, coming out of high school, I think, from the Northeast. And he's the guy that showed some flashes last year. But, I mean, I had a chance to really, like, talk with him a little bit before the season. I told him, man, you're going to be a focal point. Even though I think Florida is lower that receiver, he's going to be a mismatch night, man. I told him, listen, man, you don't want to be a one-trick pony. Obviously, you built, you know, that. I mean, the dude's built, you know, like a greyhound, man. The guy, he's built for speed to just go out there and run. But I told him, listen, you don't have to be the best blocker. You have to be a willing blocker. Understand? that you got P. Ryan and Pierce and Davis. And I think when you look at what he showed against LSU, I mean, the thing about it is, man, he can get open against anybody. And he's a he's a two-half guy. He don't, he's just not a first-half guy. You know, he's, he's both halves of, you know, of the game. And I think Kyle Pitts, man, he's going to have, you know, uh, Florida Gator fans should be very, very happy to have him. And if you got to go up against this guy, man, I mean, he's going to keep you up nice because he can definitely stress the field and he's a big-time target. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Florida running game. You mentioned Perrine. I think he is one of the one of the more underrated backs in the SEC. I mean, he gets the job done um, in between the hashes, especially. Yeah, and the thing, listen, the thing, the thing, the thing about uh, our running game, even with P. Ryan, and, you know, it's, it's by committee. Uh, people go, well, why haven't the production always been there? I think what happens is you go with the hot hand, and I think that's a good thing. That, and I think a lot of people can attribute that to not just a Florida team, but uh, but you see what Georgia does. You know, you kind of see what Alabama does. When you got three or four stars on the bench, you don't want those guys, you know, kind of getting out of the rhythm of the game. So you're going to go with the hot hand. And while the running game hasn't been the best, it's, it's kept the Florida offense like. Balance, and sometimes you just run the ball to stay balanced. You ain't gonna always get twenty yard runs, or eight yard runs. Sometimes just two yards here, three yards there can become you know something that turns into a big run in the fourth quarter. But I think just staying balanced on an offense that definitely wants to throw the ball is definitely gonna bode well for Florida. Well, speaking of just the overall uh, overall Florida program, there is a lot of folks, especially in the social media land, that says. You know they're not really buying Florida as a top ten team. Do you think they use that as as like a chip on their shoulder when they play? Absolutely, I think it's great. For, I think it's great for the Florida program. I mean, the thing about Florida is, I mean, you don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, we two years removed from Florida winning four games. Yeah, they yeah, damn mother first year they went ten and three. But are they a four and seven team that's rebuilding, or are they a ten and three team that's trying to you know get back to Atlanta? So I think you got to do it consistently. Just like I say about South Carolina, neither these teams don't lack the talent. They don't lack the scheme. Sometimes they don't just got enough wins. So I think this Florida team they got to earn their way back. This ain't you know I understand that the brand of Florida is my, you know, it's bigger sometimes than what's actually going on on the field. The reputation is going to speak for itself, but I think you got to go out there and win games and win big games consistently. And if they can do that, man, they don't have to worry about where they rank. They can go out there and you know, you know, you can get to the point where teams don't want to play them anymore. All right, quickly about the Florida defense. Um, we we heard that there was maybe some injuries um, on uh, for the defensive ends. Do you think that uh, the Florida defense is going to be ready to go on the injury front? 
I think they're going to have to. I mean, I, I read a report that said that John Grenard and, uh, you know, Jabari Zuniga, those guys are going to be game-time decisions. But, you know, I mean, Jeremiah Bloom and those guys, they're going to have to go out there and pick up the slack. John Grenard, I mean, the, the, you know, the grad transfer from Louisville has been anything less but sensational since he stepped on campus. The guy is a big-time player, and he's going to be hard, you know, uh, to replace his production. But it's a next-man-up mentality. I know that's easier said than done. But, yeah, the defensive line, I mean, we go as a defensive line, go take nothing away from Wilson and Steiner and Stewart and Davis and, and C.J. Henderson on the back end, I think that you got to have those front four. That, you know, because when you can rush four and drop seven, that's going to make it hard for anybody to move the ball against our defense. But hopefully come Saturday, man, those guys will be able to suit up. Ben Troop joining us here on The Rundown this afternoon. Hey, Ben, tell, tell folks where they can, uh, they can find your show. I know they can go to ESPNCoastal.com and, and, and find your show every day from 3 to 6, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the streamline the show every day, uh, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, ESPNCoastal.com. You know, you can also uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, at Pigskin Radio, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at BenTroop84, B-E-N-T-R-O-U-P-E-8-4. Ben, hey, man, thanks for joining us today on the Rundown, previewing the Florida game this weekend. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Ben Troop, the former Florida Gator, joining us there on the Rundown this afternoon. Interesting stuff he said, especially about uh, the young man, uh, Kyle Pitts, who is a very special player at tight end. And he's not a guy that you can just run a linebacker at and run a linebacker at him and say, okay, this guy's going to cover him. He is a guy that you're going to have to cover him like he's receiver. I mean, you really, really are. He's got game-breaking speed, and he's developed a chemistry with Kyle Trask. So he's kind of their big target, too, in the red zone. So go and uh, if you check out some video on that. I'm going to post some uh, some Florida stuff this week on my blog page at foxsportsradio1400.com. All right, so we've heard from the former Florida player. What does the Gamecock head coach think? Here are some comments from today's press conference from Coach Will Muschamp as he looks at what he um, has to scheme against as far as the Florida offense. Kyle Trask has taken over for, unfortunately, Felipe Franks was injured, uh, but he's done a really good job. He makes, uh, you know, accurate with the football. He threw for over 300 yards Saturday night in Baton Rouge, um, but makes decisive decisions, gets the ball out quick. He's got arm talent and uh, just very impressed with what he has done and accomplished the first game against Tennessee. First drive of the game takes him right down the field and scores. So been very impressed with him. LaMichael uh, Pirine, the running back, has got a strong lower body, uh, runs through contact, uh, is a violent runner. Uh, been very impressed with him and Pierce and then Davis are good good backs as well. Uh, a very talented, big and experienced group at the receiver position. Uh, Jefferson. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And, and, um, and Frankie Hammond, or excuse me, Josh Hammond, I coached his brother, Frankie, 
uh, uh, Swain, all those guys, Grimes, Cleveland, all guys that have played a lot of football, really understand what they're doing offensively. And emergence of Kyle Pitts at tight end, which is kind of a, a hybrid tight end receiver, but uh, has been very productive for him, leading them in reception and big and athletic on the offensive line. Defensively, Todd Grantham does a great job. Uh, Todd and I have been friends for a long time, and I think if you talk in terms of havoc on the football, uh, probably Florida leads the country just as far as batted balls, interceptions. Uh, he does a great job of, of creating issues for you uh, offensively. And uh, Zaninga and Grenard are two guys that have been very productive for him at the defensive end positions. They're solid in the middle. Uh, and then C.J. Henderson and Marco uh, Wilson are two outstanding corners, as good of corners we'll see uh, this year. They can really cover and lock down outside. So, uh, you know, really good players and very talented specialist. Tommy Townsend uh, is an outstanding punter, and McPherson's done a good job for him uh, kicking the football. But injury-wise, Ryan practiced today. Um, you know, I think he'll be fine for Saturday. And really, we don't have any other other injury situations uh, as far as that's concerned. So I'll open up for any questions. Well, uh, with Ryan, he moved around well today, not yeah. wearing any extra brace or no. Uh, no, he wore a brace, but he'll be fine. And also with the carry-on being the backup now, does he work any more receivers? He's We've focused on quarterback at this time. Yep, sure have. And that's since he's been back um, – you know, as far as what's best for our football team and, and him right now is just to solely get those reps. So there you go. The two big things that you take away from that is one that uh, he talked a little bit about uh, Kyle Pitts, which we talked about earlier, and uh, a young man that's impressed even Ben Troop, the former tight end that uh, played at Florida. Uh, I think he's a game-changing type of player if he uh, if they can get him uh, get the ball in his hands. The other thing is is that he is. Um, Saying Ryan Holinsky played and moved around a little bit, he is wearing a, a brace. So how well will the Gamecocks be able to protect and keep him on his feet and keep him from having to move around so much? I don't know if they're, they they may just try to make him a game manager on Saturday. Give off to the running backs, keep uh, keep you know throw short slants and stuff like that. I think that may be the way that they go. But the other thing, too, is is that according to Coach Muschamp there, they've kind of taken the uh, the wide receiver tag off of to carry on Joyner right now and have him playing quarterback and just getting reps in there. Maybe Muschamp's tipping his hand a little bit. I don't know. What I mean by that is is that getting having uh, Joyner take a lot of snaps because just in case uh, Helinski tweaks that knee again, you know, he'll have Joyner ready to go as the number two guy. So interesting stuff there from Will Muschamp and Ben Troop. We appreciate Ben joining us today here on the rundown, giving us a, a look at the Florida Gators. You know, there's a lot of people that say that Florida is not a top 10 team. And I'm in the, I'm in the camp of that, I've been more impressed with Florida than I have with Georgia this year. I think LSU is the number one team in the country, and Florida went down to LSU and played a solid, solid game against the uh, LSU Tigers down there. And I'm not saying that that they're unbeatable because no team's unbeatable, but the idea that Florida is not a top-10 team is comical. If you think that, I mean, getting this win over Florida this weekend, I think is just as big 
as the win uh, at Georgia over the weekend because I don't really know if I, if I feel that strong about Georgia. But I do think that Florida has, uh, has some tools that they can uh, have a pretty big season. More of the rundown in just a moment. Some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney coming up next. Welcome back to the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. The list this afternoon coming up at 335. I think uh, I have five coaches that are assistants that I think will move on to head coaching jobs uh, in the offseason. I don't think it's going to be as big of a coaching carousel as we have it right now. There's only like one job out there, and that is uh, the Rutgers job. And I don't think anybody wants that job. (laughs) Who wants to go to Rutgers and coach? No one. Anyway, we'll talk about five coaches that are assistants right now that I think are going to move on to uh, head coaching jobs in uh, once the season is over. But before we do that, let's bring uh, Coach Dabo Sweeney into the mix today as he talks a little bit about the matchup with Louisville. Clemson is a 22-point favorite on the road in that ACC contest, which kicks off at noon on Saturday. Coach Sweeney talks a little bit about Louisville and the uh, the offense that the Cardinals are putting out there, which has been uh, pretty spectacular the past four games. They've won four out of the last five games, so it's a team that's got a lot of confidence. They just went on the road, beat an undefeated Wake Forest at their place, and uh, you know a team that is, uh, I think, playing really well, and a team that you can just see improving. I uh, cannot say enough about the job that that uh, Scott and his staff has done. I mean, it's just incredibly obvious uh, to watch the difference in where they are right now and what I saw last year. Uh, in getting ready for Louisville. It's just, it's it's polar opposite. And there's a lot of the same guys, but uh, they just got them playing with incredible uh, belief. Their effort is tremendous. Uh, they have an excellent scheme on both sides, and it's just a different deal. Uh, they've only had, uh, I mean, they've rushed for over 200 yards on everybody they've played except Florida State, uh, including Notre Dame. So. Uh, they, they, I think they're one of the best in the country at plays of 10 yards or more. They've been explosive. Everything they do offensively is built through running the football. Uh, a lot of option principles. I really like their scheme. They're, they're primarily a pistol team, uh, but lots of, uh, lots of option principles built into it and a lot of play action off of it. So this is a, this is a team that, that uh, knows what they're doing on offense, and uh, the quarterback is outstanding. Well, actually, they're playing both guys, you know, three – Three got banged up, and six comes in and, you know, leads them to victory against uh, Wake Forest. Uh, Both of them are very accurate passers. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me at all to see both of them. Uh, But I tell you, that number three is is, uh, Houdini. Uh, He he just escapes. He's constantly avoiding stuff. You'd think you got him, and he eludes and and, uh, extends, uh, runs for first downs. And next thing you know, he's made some really great throw. He's a very accurate passer. So just really impressed with, with what they're doing. They're good up front, probably the biggest left tackle uh, that we're ever going to see. Uh, that, that they, this guy's a – I mean, he's massive. He's probably 6'8". I think they list him at 370. He's probably 400. Uh, he is a huge, huge – and really playing well for them. But uh, their whole offensive line's playing well. Uh, number 10 – uh, that back, a really, really good player. Uh, he's made some huge plays for him, big runs. Uh, 
Uh, he's caught the ball for them as well. And uh, so tight ends playing really good. All three of the receivers, uh, five and, and one and seven. I think seven averages 19 yards a, a catch. Uh, five's averaging 21 yards a catch. So they've been incredibly explosive, and that's all built through the run game. You know, that's, that's just what they do. They're going to run the ball. They stay patient. They got down against Florida State, 21 nothing. Uh, you know, mixed in a little bit more 12 personnel. Next thing you know, hey, they, they got back in the game, hit a couple of big plays, and, and it was a dogfight down at the end. But just very impressed with, with uh, what I've seen from them. Um, offensively, they're going to really challenge us. We're going to have to play well. A lot of discipline, uh, a lot of pressure on our safeties this week, uh, and the physicality up front with our D-line. Linebackers communicating, fitting things properly, um, you know, setting the fronts and so forth. So just a, just a, a game, and, and that's that's how they're built. I mean, schematically, they really challenge you, and then how hard they're playing and their effort, and they've got some skill who can who can make plays. So uh, very impressive uh, what uh, what they've been able to do, uh, especially on that side of the ball. And then over on the defensive side, uh, did not start off well. Uh, but they are really getting better. And it's the same thing that I would say, watching the tape from last year compared to this year, it's night and day. Guys are playing with great effort. They're playing with good technique. Uh, they're not misaligning. Uh, they're, they're where they're supposed to be. And, uh, you know, that, as a coach, that's what, that's, 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 that's what you're looking for. And uh, you can see they're playing with, with physicality. Uh, they're rallying to the ball. Uh, and um, and they're trying to get after the quarterback. So uh, just a just a really good team. But probably the thing with this team that's been the biggest equalizer is what they've done in the returns. They got some really dangerous returners uh, that can change the game. So we got a we got a we got a uh, three phase challenge uh, that we got to be ready to accept uh, up there at Louisville. Uh, but I'm excited about it. This is a game where you know the division control the divisions on the line. They beat us. They control their destiny. Uh, but since we beat Florida State, so because uh, that was their one loss in the league, so a four and two team lost to Notre Dame, lost at Florida State in a game they could have won. Uh, but you know, with them beating Wake Forest, hey, they're in control if they can find a way to beat us. Same thing for us. You know, we don't want to be at the mercy of somebody losing. We want to be able to stay in control of what we're trying to do, uh, which is win the division. And so this is this is division playoff football, and it's a best of one. Uh, simple as that. Coach Dabo Sweeney previewing the Louisville um, Cardinals this weekend. You know, a couple other notes from Louisville. They basically played three quarterbacks, but this freshman, um, Evan Conley, that Coach Sweeney was talking about, 12 of 18 for 196 yards and in relief of Mikhail Cunningham last week, adding another 79 yards on the ground. As Louisville wins... 62-59 to 59 over Wake Forest. It would not surprise me if we didn't have that high of a score in basketball season when those two teams play together. Um, you know, something else that may be kind of a letdown for Louisville, last week's win over Wake was their first win over a ranked opponent more than three years. And, you know, people were talking about, you know, this team is going, there were two teams that were going to be rebuilding projects this year. One being Georgia Tech, which they are, and the other being Louisville. And I tell you what, they're four and two, and I, I think that they're they have a solid chance of making a bowl game. 
at four and two right now. Now, one thing that has been a problem for Louisville, their defense has gotten smoked. They've given up more than 1,200 yards the past two weeks. So this could be a game where if you think the Clemson offense hasn't quite been humming, they may have an opportunity to hum a little bit this week with this Louisville defense, which is still a work in progress. As I said, giving up uh, 1,200 yards plus in the past couple of weeks. So Louisville has the potential that they can score points. I don't think they played a defense the caliber of Clemson this season. Um, I, I mean, I guess the best defense they probably played was uh, Notre Dame. But they have some problems on the defensive side of the ball. And if you run at them a good bit, you are going to have a lot of success because everybody else has. And the only thing that's going to fix that defense is recruiting. I mean, I, in my opinion, they just don't have a lot of the Joes on the on the defensive side of the ball to uh, to make havoc as far as uh, the defense goes. So, interesting matchup this weekend with Clemson and Louisville. Louisville is one of the rising stars, I think, in the ACC. What Coach Satterfield has done has been amazing. So Clemson's going to have to strap up and go, man. This isn't going to be a, hey, we're going to roll the balls out there and they should just roll over for us. I know that uh, Clemson scored 77 points on them last year. I wouldn't expect that this year. But I would expect Clemson, I think they're going to win and uh, probably win big. But that Louisville defense is going to be their problem this weekend. All right, when we come back to the list this afternoon, top five assistant coaches that will be I think, head coaches next season. We'll talk about that and a lot more in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Strap in. It's time for the list. The list this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. I appreciate you guys joining us here every day. Today's list are my five coaches that I think are, these are assistants, by the way, that I think are going to move on from their assistant role and possibly uh, get a head coaching job. Now, some may move on to uh, other assistant jobs, make lateral moves. You see that sometimes. But these are my five as of right now that I think a couple of them actually aren't assistants. Awesome. But it's great to uh, check some of these out and kind of give you an idea of what they uh, some future head coaches will look like as far as at different programs. But here's my five list uh, on the list today here on the rundown. Number five. Number five, he's a head coach right now, but I think Jeff Monken at Army. He's gone 21-5 and five the past two seasons, and he's turned Army, who they were 
they were not very good into a big winner and people are taking notice they are three and three he is a little bit on the uh i say the older front i think a lot of teams are looking for coaches that are in their 40s he's 52 and maybe he ends up at illinois because i think lovey smith is going to be shown the door rex grossman will still be his quarterback though Mike Norvell at Memphis, his record is pretty good. The Tigers are 5-1, and one, rolling again. The form, the Arkansas native has a, an offensive mind that is just flowing. I think, Ella, I think some Ole Miss fans are going to be looking at this guy like, hey, maybe we should try to pick this guy up. And maybe he would want to be a guy that could be in the mix for the Illinois job. Number three. Number three on the list. And, you know, Clemson fans aren't going to be happy when I say this, but I think that Tony Elliott is going to move on from the Clemson team. And you know what? I think it's – I don't think he's a guy that's going to be able to go and possibly get the Southern Cal job if it opens up. But I think that with his recruiting ties in the Tampa Bay area, he may be in the mix – for that USF job, if it opens up, uh, he is a heck of a coach, and with his recruiting ties in the state of Florida, look out. He may be on the move. Number two. Number two on the list here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and, of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. You know, you got to look at, the, uh, at Joe Moorhead from Mississippi State. Now, he hasn't really done a whole lot at Mississippi State, but I think this guy has an opportunity to possibly move on maybe to Rutgers, Illinois, or even at Boston College. So there you go. He's at number two. And number one. Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, former Ohio State player as an, and was also an assistant there. He has got the Bearcats rolling. They've gone 16 and 3 since 2017. He's one of the best group of five. He's got one of the best group of five jobs already. But I think Illinois could put some money up there for him. Maybe he's a guy that could take over at Michigan State. I mean, how long is Mark D'Antonio going to be at Michigan State? That's an interesting thing to think about there as well. But I think he's one of the better coaches in the country, and it's going to. I think he's eventually going to move on. Some other coaches that didn't quite make the list, but I think are going to have an opportunity to uh, coach at some other spots. Uh, Nick Rolovich from Hawaii. He was one of the first to offer Justin Herbert and Kidanis uh, Slovis and was second on Sam Darnold. He's a great evaluator of talent. His teams are 12-8 and eight the past couple of years, and it's tough to win at Hawaii. He's only 40 years old, but look for teams like Colorado State and maybe even UNLV if they decide to make a change to go to the land of paradise in Hawaii and try to get uh, Rolovich to move on from the Rainbow Warriors. A couple of other uh, coaches here that I have on my list today when I was doing some research, they were kind of interesting to me, is this one was interesting to me on on the one front. Uh, Butch Jones, he's an offensive analyst for Alabama. It always seems like Nick Saban is like always taking coaches and kind of rehabbing them. 
they come into the program and they're offensive analysts and then they boom, they move on. So I think that Jones has an opportunity to maybe take over that Rutgers job. He was a GA at Rutgers from 90 to 92. He's 84 and 54 in three stops as a coach. His final year at Tennessee was ugly, but then again, when you're on the way out, they all are pretty ugly, to be completely honest with you. Uh, there's a couple of MAC openings that may be coming up. I think Butch Jones may move on. Will he be missed, though, at Alabama? They'll just hire another another offensive analyst. That's, that's just the way it works there. So, interesting stuff there. Also, Alabama's running back coach, Charles Huff, he is a former run game coordinator at Mississippi State, and a lot of guys are looking at him. He impressed when he did interviews for Northern Illinois and Akron last year. Uh, he's an alum of Hampton, and he would make a lot of sense for a team like Old Dominion if the Monarchs make a change at the uh, at the head coaching spot. And then I've got one more here that I'm I'm scrolling through my notes here that I thought was kind of interesting. Oh. Troy Calhoun at Air Force. He's been the Falcons head coach since 2007. 91-69 at Air Force, coming off a couple of up-and-down seasons. 4-2 and two this year with a win over Colorado. Then, I tell you what, he's a creative offensive coach. Spent four seasons as an NFL assistant. And if the Falcons can keep winning this season, and you got to remember, what's some of the... Uh, the problems, and not really problems, you can only be a set height and weight. That's as high as you can go um, for the um, for the Air Force Academy. So he's having to deal with that. And I tell you what, it's interesting. It's interesting that you can actually take and win a game there. So I think Troy Calhoun will move on from the Air Force Academy after the end of the season, if they can keep winning. And then former Gamecock assistant Shane Beamer, he's an Oklahoma tight ends and H-back coach. He's got the lineage, of course, being Frank Beamer's son. He knows special teams. I mean, he's worked with Lincoln Riley. He's got, he spent his time and paid his dues. If Old Dominion opens up, he may go there, or maybe he'll go somewhere like Tulsa. It's interesting, either way. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us this afternoon on the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, you have a coach you think is on that you're following that may uh, move on. We'll talk about that in a lot more in just a moment. You're listening to the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You know, there's only one original pool table store in the Midlands. You know, it's it's simple. If you want a pool table, you've got to go to Pool Tables Plus. And they're on Two Notch Row. They're open seven days a week. you got to stop in and check them out. They have the largest selection of maple and oak pool tables in the Carolinas. So if you have a pool table, then you know you want a maple or oak pool table. Simple as that. Okay? But if you don't, then, and you're looking to buy a pool table, you don't want to buy, like, the fake pool table stuff because that's not going to work. Okay? 
So you want to go to Carolina Pool Tables Plus. They've been doing this for a long time. Been doing this over a decade. And I tell you what, you can't be in business for over a decade and not be doing some stuff right. They have the friendliest staff in Columbia as far as when you want to come in and get your pool table. People buy pool tables on the internet. That's a big mistake. Go to Carolina Pool Tables Plus. Don't buy something that's warped and unlevel. And you know what? If you want something like that, do you really want to put that together? What do you know about putting a pool table together? As you're driving around this afternoon, do you really think, hey, I could put a pool table together? I know some of you macho macho men are like, yeah, of course I can do that. Well, no. (laughs) It's tough. Let Carolina Pool Tables Plus do it for you. 5717 Two Notch Road open seven days a week. Stop by their showroom today or give them a call at 803-799-5305. Experience the difference at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. You know, we had a great interview today with Ben Troop from uh, ESPN Coastal covering the Florida Gators, the former Florida Gators tight end. And I'll tell you what, uh, just to hear him talk about how impressed he was with South Carolina doing their thing. And they played a heck of a game against Georgia over the weekend. And the former NFL tight end, former Gators tight end said, yeah, he was kind of surprised about it, but he liked what Will Muschamp had been doing. And, and then finally, the stuff came together. So there you go with that. Interesting stuff there. Uh, I want to do a quick shout-out before I, uh, I get off the air today. The Region 3 4A Girls Tournament, as far as golf goes. My niece plays golf for uh, Ridgeview. I'm proud of her for what she did yesterday. But shout-out to the ladies up in York. They won the, uh, the team portion of it. Several players made all region, including uh, Taylor Mitchell, uh, Lori Hughes, Kylie O'Mara, Chloe Howell, and Mercedes Beasley. And the, uh, the top scorer for Ridgeview was, as I'm looking through the notes here, given to me by my brother-in-law, who, by the way, could put that together. <laughs> he could put together the pool table if he had to. Imani Belton was the overall individual winner, and they are all region players. So shout out to the uh, to Ridgeview for finishing uh, second in the region as far as the tournament goes. And of course, uh, my my niece yesterday shot a I think I can't remember exactly what she shot, but it was a very very cool round for her. And you know, congratulations to her. And I, I love high school sports, especially when it gets down to like championship time for especially the spring sports. It's just cool stuff. So congratulations to, uh, to Ridgeview finishing second in their, uh, in region play. I think they go to state next week. All right. So before we get out of here today, tomorrow on the rundown, I am working on several different little things that we'll, uh, we'll try to, I don't want to jinx them, but I think Justin Hall is going to join us tomorrow on the rundown. We'll talk with him about South Carolina's win and look ahead to the Florida game this weekend. So we'll get into that and a lot more here on the rundown. Final thing that I came across today, you know, SEC coaches have, I I found an article that talked about SEC coaches being ranked in the, as far as how they've done so far. So 
according to uh, this page, I'm going to put it out on my blog page at foxsportsradio1400.com. As we've gotten to the halfway point of the season, yes, I know that that uh, hurts some folks' feelings. But Alabama, Nick Saban is number one on this list. Can't really argue with that. Dan Mullen is number two. Can't really argue with that either with what he's done with the Florida Gators. Still people think that Florida is not that good of a team. I think the Gators may end up winning the East. You've also got Ed Orgeron at third. At fourth is Gus Malzahn. Fifth is Barry Odom from Missouri. I don't think that Missouri gets the credit that they deserve. They they kind of shoot themselves in the foot early every year with the uh, dropping a game they have no business dropping. This year it was my uh, Wyoming. But I think Barry Odom is doing a pretty good job up at Missouri. And go and uh, you can check out some Missouri stuff, man. They're playing some pretty good football right now. They have Kirby Smart at six and then Will Muschamp at seven. You know, I think that I think that's about right for Coach Muschamp. I don't think that people thought that that North Carolina loss stings at the beginning of the season. The Missouri loss isn't looking as bad. Missouri is actually a pretty good football team. They are doing some good stuff there. But I think that's about about right for Will Muschamp at seventh right now. Uh, they got Matt Luke at eight, Mark Stoops from Kentucky at nine. And this is by just this season, by the way. Jimbo Fisher's at 10 for Texas A&M. Jeremy Pruitt's at 11. That's too high. Joe Moorhead's at, at Mississippi State is at number 12. Derek Mason at Vanderbilt is 13. And Chad Morris, the former Clemson offensive coordinator, according to uh, this article, is ranked 14th right now as far as coaches at the midseason point. You think that's too high? Uh, for some of these guys, I think that's a little bit high. A little bit high. I mean, Texas A&M, what have they done? They really haven't done much. And I think Derek Mason, they haven't done much at Vanderbilt, but let's be honest, look at what they're fighting at Vanderbilt just every year to put out a competitive team. I mean, the, the, it's it's the smart school of the SEC. Not saying that's bad, but... Still, tough with with that. Uh, by the way, the SEC media days came out today for uh, basketball and the actual poll, not the media days. The Kentucky is picked to finish to uh, win the conference. Florida's second, LSU third, Auburn fourth, Tennessee fifth, Alabama sixth. Mississippi State is seventh. Ole Miss is at eight. Georgia's at nine. They picked the Gamecocks to finish tenth. I don't think the Gamecocks are going to finish 10th. In fact, I'll put that out there right now. A.J. Lawson, the young man Bryant, the Gamecocks are going to be pretty good. Mike Kosar, I think, is finally going to put it together. Look for the Gamecocks to finish higher than 10th. But they've got Arkansas at 11th, Texas A&M at 12th, Missouri at 13th, and Vandy at 14th. You know, when I look at that, I think there's a lot of the SEC basketball blue bloods that are, are thinking that Tennessee's just going to be able to rebound after all the guys that they lost. And, you know, Kentucky's Kentucky. They're, they're always, they have a brand new team every year with the one hit guys they come in. So I think that's about right up top. But what has Alabama done? And I'm not sure that Georgia should be ranked ahead of South Carolina either. Same thing for Ole Miss. But we'll find out as the basketball season goes. If I had to rank 
and, and pick where the Gamecocks would go right now, I would say seventh. I would I, would, I wouldn't have them at tenth. But basketball season is almost upon us, so we'll obviously keep you up to date with that here on the rundown as uh, we move into the two sports season, where you can uh, watch basketball and football at the same time. That's kind of great. All right, tomorrow on the rundown, Justin Hall joins us from the fifth quarter postgame show on News Radio 560 WVOC. We will break down more of the Florida game, and I'll have a Louisville insider with us at some point this week to talk about Louisville and the transition they've made from being a dumpster fire into a valid football program. All that here tomorrow on the rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.